for those times in life where it's, it's difficult too, right? Training in general, even when things are just going great, work, relationship, family, friends, all good, dude, still hard, right? It's like, yeah. what, what, what's that saying? It never gets easier, you just get faster. Hello all, it's Eric from NFR Cycling. Before we get into today's episode, uh, I wanted to ask you a quick favor for a future episode. In episode 10, what we'd like to do is have a listener's question episode, which means you all send us questions and Rob and I will uh, do our best to answer them. Uh, they can be questions on previous episodes, topics we've already covered. Maybe we haven't covered something that you want to know more about. Uh, shoot us that question. You can send us your questions a couple of different ways. You can email us at podcast at nfrcycling.com. You can also just go to our website, look for the contact form uh, and shoot us a question that way. You can ask questions on any of our different social channels. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at uh, nfrcycling is our handle. Be sure to follow us while you're there. At any rate, we can't wait to get your questions. Uh, I think it'll be an exciting episode. We do this for you and want to generate content that's valuable to you. And these questions should help us understand what that is. So uh, thanks a lot. Appreciate the questions. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to NFR Cycling Podcast episode number six. Meet the founder, Eric Hansen. Eric is typically uh, leading the ride, so to speak, here at NFR Cycling, and I'm typically in the co-host position, but we are kind of swapping positions so that we can get through this episode. Uh, and we are going to cover a, a couple of big pieces here. First off is for you to get to know Eric, his backstory, so that you can better understand where NFR Cycling was born from. And second, we'll wrap up kind of talking about what NFR is to help you better identify with it and uh, to kind of give you some glimpse of what you can expect from us here at NFR. So I'm going to give you just kind of a couple little bits on Eric and then we're going to kind of go back and forth because we really do want to flesh out, you know, this NFR um, ethos that we have. So quick bits on Eric before I hand it over him. You know, he's been cycling a long time since he was <laughs> pretty small. Hmm. BMX bike uh, to and from school, you know, a little insight into Eric's uh, mindset. You know, there was a time he said he rode 12 miles around his circular freaking driveway. So if that doesn't give you a little bit about what a dude's about. He logged 12 miles as a child in front of his house. On the BMX uh, bike. On the BMX bike. Um, and we'll talk about some other bits here that were, you know, the times that Eric uh, was really started to transition into becoming a cyclist. You know, I just, I wanted to just kind of hand over some of those beginnings and, and Eric, first off, welcome. <laughs> uh, good to be and, here. This is, this is weird being on the other side of this. <laughs> right. It definitely yep. is. So welcome brother. I am super excited. Uh, and I want to start off by asking you, mm -hmm. you know, so we know when you actually kind of started pedaling bikes, but when roughly do you recall you know, that time when you were like, I'm a cyclist, man, I am passionate about this. And I want to jump into, you know, taking this to another level or really getting into it. Can you kind of talk about that? And from then, how did that, what cyclist did you become? 
Yeah, so cycling has been a, a part of my life from, from very young. It was um, initially a way to explore the neighborhood around me, to get to school and back. Um, it was always one of the things that I enjoyed doing kind of the most. Uh, it was an expression of freedom, um, and, and I loved it, and I always did. Uh, but I think to, to get to a point where it became something that was uh, more than more than just playing around, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, would have been around uh, maybe 97 or so time frame. Uh, I just re-enlisted uh, in the Marine Corps, and I think it was, it was one of the times where I felt like I finally had uh, an amount of, of, of space and freedom um, mentally, financially, things like that, that mm -hmm. uh, I could focus on some of the things that maybe I'd, I'd thought about and always wanted to do previously, which was, was, was race bikes. So uh, with that, uh, I got into, <clears throat> I, I had, I think a Trek 600 aluminum road bike and a friend uh, had um, a Merlin titanium mm. uh, bike that he was wanting to sell. He was racing, uh, Jim Barnes. And, mm. uh, and I bought that, I bought that from him. Uh, and, and that was kind of the, 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 the signal flare of, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in and do this and see what we can do. Um, right. and it just, uh, it, it grew from there. It was, um, I did some, I did some training. Uh, I did my first criterium on that bike. Uh, I was doing, I was doing pretty well. Uh, and we were, we were going two laps to go. I was in the front, uh, and this guy kind of came up sprinting to get in the front, uh, of that lap and, uh, and took my front wheel out and I ended up, you know, skidding down the pavement at, you know, 30 plus miles an hour with a, with a lap to go and didn't even really finish that race. It was, but it, you know, I got up and, uh, decided this was something I needed to keep doing, uh, and that I could get a lot better at. So I've got a history of doing stuff like that, where I just like smash the crap out of myself. Like, yeah, let's keep doing this. This is fun. Well, I think that is one of the things, right? And that's why I tried to, you know, I know as a kid, even you were hit on the bike, riding 12 miles on your own freaking driveway, you know, crashing at an early race i had one of those similar experiences race one two right as well very first what do you remember or who do you remember or can you remember any type of person any kind of thing that was going on you know aside from that merlin bike and taking that transition into races was there a someone a something that was really like i'm aspiring to be like this or it was another like yeah i like that or this thing so at the time, uh, again, cycling has always been a part of, of what I've done, whether it was for transportation or something else. But uh, and with that interest, you know, you watch the tour, you watch things like that every now and again. Maybe you're not mm -hmm. super into it. Um, but I remember at that time. Um, and again, and you know, this, not everyone knows that like climbing is something historically that I've always been <clears throat> that I've always been into and, and maybe better at Gen genetics was uh, was kind to me there. Right. Um, and I, I like, you know, suffering up hills for a little bit. So uh, in 97, around that time, 98, uh, Marco Pantani was was someone that uh, that I yeah. thought was a complete badass. You know, little yeah. uh, little dude with, with big ears and a bald head, which is, you know, what I've transformed into now. Um, <laughs> maybe not as short, but I got the big ears and bald head. Uh, watching Watching him do what he would do up a climb back then... Uh, was just uh, it was phenomenal. Um, 
And I think part of me wanted to to uh, maybe try to experience some of that on whatever mm. uh, local amateur level someone someone could. So I think so it was I, that. it was it was it was watching it was watching someone like him throw down and 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 you know make shit happen. Yeah, I can remember. So yeah, we meet in '99. So I didn't realize it was so close to you kind of starting. And and mm-hmm. uh, I got hired with the fire department in '99 and had started racing actually the the year before. So actually, our timelines kind of meet up. Yeah. And then that was another thing I can remember just really rapping about Il Pirata, you know, Pantani. And um, yeah, because neither me or you have that uh, the sprinter build, which was a little more, right. more muscular, a bigger dude with a bunch of dudes working for you, which at that time was the Mar- uh, the Cipollini, yeah. just the total. Right. That just guy. like. Yeah. And so it was a total different way to win. Right. I remember which we just didn't have the capability to do that. And I remember vibing as well with Marco and it was a different deal than he kind of even, I think, took that torch from uh, Miguel Indurain at the time who would have a big team working for him and doing the same thing. And yeah, I can remember vibing on that. Yeah. And then you had uh, in that same time frame, you had, um, you know, Bobby Julek as an American um, kind of in that in that mix. Um, Right. So this is this was all uh, pre Lance, um, but yeah. So like having having Pantani and then having uh, Juick there and and kind of being able to make that like U.S. crossover, um, all of that was I think part of it was like you know this is dope stuff. Let's do this. Right, right. Okay. So I mean, so this, so that's all. I so then I start meeting you. So we're ninety nine and we're both I think kind of on that journey. So I can mm-hmm. totally identify. Like I said, I didn't recall it was so close to being that time. So let's bump it up even a little further right so it's almost i would say 15 years and we did uh, a, a ton of stuff right going through you know 15 years of riding racing training together you mm-hmm. move um texas you come on back um and then that's kind of when the dirt adventures start mountain bike stuff um what do you recall there is it in, in regard to being the kind of push to to start doing that. Yeah, I think in those in those 15 years there were there were a lot of start and stops with the the competitive cycling part. Um and some frustration I think built up uh because of that. I mean there was there's a lot of stuff that was going on in terms of divorce and and family stuff and and mm-hmm. I I kept trying to grab onto cycling as I was going through that, but the the racing stuff um tailed off for sure. Uh so so when I moved back to California, uh which would have been 2012, 2000. Well, I came back in 2010. I started messing around a little bit on the bike again, um, road bike wise for a couple years. Yeah. And then again, I feel like it was, there was, there was some, some time and space available to make a decision about something that I thought was interesting, which in this case was, was mountain biking. It was something that I always wanted to try to do. Um, when I was running cross country in high school, uh, I had a girlfriend that her dad, um, actually raced mountain bikes. Yeah, he raced with John Tomac. Mm. Um, so that was, it was always something I wanted to do and I never did. And I don't have a good reason for why I didn't do it. Um, but then, you know, 13, 14, uh, <clears throat> it just was like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to try this and see what happens. Um, I had a, a, a 1999, um, Gary Fisher Paragon, uh, that I cleaned up and, you know, I, I, I think I'd ridden that 
on a couple trails here and there over over the years, but um, it certainly wasn't a, a race bike at that point. Right. Uh, but just kind of decided I wanted to try it, uh, give it a go, and, and and see what we could do. Uh, went out uh, to my first couple races and and won uh, yeah. as a as a beginner. So it, it's pretty easy to get caught on fire when you go out there and you start winning stuff. <laughs> uh, but the, and then you know another part of it was that like there was so much there was so much learning that was that was going on and experience riding in a way that I hadn't really experienced before. I mean I'd done BMX, I'd done yeah, quote yeah. unquote mountain biking before, which was nothing more than fire roads, um, growing up or whichever. So it it it, it gave me a different. Um, a different view on cycling from a skills performance culture uh the, the culture of, of the mountain bike scene was something that uh, i really dug in, in a way that was different from from some of the road bike stuff we've experienced oh yeah yeah for sure so yeah i was just finally having an opportunity to do something that i want to do and just making the choice to try it and see what stuck or didn't now, that's the thing I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull this out and I'll have you flesh it out a little more. So I stay on this through line because I know you well. I know your history. I know these times. Like I said, <laughs> I know we kind of fast forward through 15 years. But yeah, I, you know, and we're, and we're get, and we will tail up with NFR, you know, and where we are. But like you're saying, there, there's been these two times in between this 15 year span where even though you're saying I'm going to try it out, I mean, I think really put into words, I'm asking you, like when you're saying, try, try it out. And I think that's what some of the, some of the listeners sometimes are vibing with like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, what does that mean? Like, eh, I'm just experimenting. I mean, obviously you're podiuming and you're, and you're putting time in. What does that, let me try this out. Let me check it out. What does that really mean? Um, uh, it means to give something attention and focus. I think, um, there's, there, you know, it, Maybe you're, you're, I don't even know how I did it. Maybe I was sitting on the back patio looking out, whatever, or maybe we saw someone on a mountain bike on a ride and I just started thinking about it. And at that point it's like, that might be, that might be something I would enjoy doing. I'm going to try it. And so at that point, it's just focusing on it and researching and learning and, and, and pressing towards it. So I've, I mean, I've got, I've got an example where I I thought about trying something that I fell flat on my face on. I mean, uh, the, and you, it was when I lived in Texas, and you weren't really around for this part, but I decided I was going to build a time trial bike. Oh, yeah, 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 actually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Because I think I was sitting around, and I decided, like, ah, time trialing's interesting. I wanted, I, I think I'll try that, because like, there, there weren't any hills out there. I couldn't do any hill climbs, so maybe time right. trialing would be fun. Right. Um, that experiment went horribly, and I no longer have a time trial bike, and I'm not interested in ever <laughs> riding one again. So uh, there are times where I've made these choices, and be like, hey, I want to try that, where... Like I researched what, you know, what I should build, how I should build it, all that stuff. And then I tried it and, uh, it it wasn't, it wasn't for, for me. (laughs) So I think again, so that, that is a good thing for those of you just kind of listening, you know, I am just trying to kind of draw your attention to that too. It still is kind of, I think fits with this, uh, ethos flow, this culture we're trying to kind of share where. It's not that you're always sticking with everything, but you are putting in the work to really kind of, like Eric said, to learn and to see. And and, and sometimes it just leads to a place where you're like, no, nah, man, it's not for me. And that's okay. 
And, uh, you know, we both followed these, this kind of, uh, similar path to end up right in this thing where it's like, wow, it was cool to learn about this is the dirt vibe on the mountain scene was definitely a lot more. Hey bro. And just yeah, showing people race trails and having people show them, which are things that wouldn't happen in the road culture that neither one of us have experienced. Um, and this kind of, I think also ties into, you know, the, 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 like that birth of NFR, which is around 2014. I'm looking, cause I remember making notes to see like, it was a dirt ride and we were both learning, right? We kind of went from expertise level back down to beginnership and you were way far ahead of where I was, man. Um, but I remember we were just kind of really starting to figure out that it's cool to put the time in like and learn and, and see the progress. I'm starting to see more and more. It seems like this is this kind of through line of, of doing the work. Um, how do you recall think, those bits? You know, like how does, how does that sound to you? Yeah, I think I think that's right, and I, I think the the part of like all of our rides together, um, and the times where we're not hypoxic and beating the shit out of each other, <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're we're rapping and we're talking about things, and we're talking about life. We're t- I mean, we're talking about bikes and we're talking about life, and I think that that ride where we talked about, you know, there are no free rides; you got to do the work. Yeah, that 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 statement wasn't constrained to the bike. That was about. Um, that was about kind of our lives in general, um, and, and, and meeting the challenges that both like you were having and that I was having on and off the bike, um, and just kind of looking at how we've approached things, uh, historically and and just understanding that like, like the bike, if you want to get somewhere, you got to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. And so since this is your interview and we're sharing this piece, like you said, Mm -hmm. within the Within those timelines, it, it's you mentioned at one point there there's a divorce, man. Right? You had kids. Yeah. You're not racing. There was another relationship in that thing where, you know, there was another move, um, and so I think that's important again to what 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 would you say are those lessons that you've learned on the bike that have just uh, translated directly over or been most impactful and helpful to your life. And if you want to use one or both of those examples or something that just stands out through that divorce and the other relationship break that were pretty significant in your life. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, like, it, it just feels kind of simple at this point, but it's, it's, you know, if, if you, if you stop pedaling, you're going to fall over, you know, you're not going to get anywhere. So even if it's hard and it's slow, just keep moving, keep pedaling, keep going forward. Um, that's, that's I, th- I think, one of the biggest ones is just, um, you know, regardless of, of how hard it is, um, even an inch forward at a time is, is, is going to keep you okay instead of, instead of stopping or, or, or backing up. Um, you know, and, and then other things that I do that maybe are just kind of like, I don't know, making myself feel better is that, um, you know, the most growth comes out of the hardest uh the hardest events, whether it's, you know, climbing up to the ski lifts at the top of Mount Baldy, yeah, um, yeah. or it's going through some other hardship. Like those are, those are, those are forging kind of times and you're going to get the most growth out of that. Like you're not going to, you know, you're not going to get a whole lot better at cycling on, you know, flats for, uh, you know, the whole time. You gotta, 
I mean, maybe if you're Cipollini, that's fine, right? Because you're, t- <laughs> you're only going to ride half the tour before you get out anyway because you're a bitch. <laughs> so there you guys where we see how we feel about some of that stuff, right? That's where we dig that doing the work uh, piece there. So That guy annoyed me so much, man. Like, I, So <clears throat> it was about the same time where I was, I was doing um, – I went to – it was Vision Expo or something like that. I was working the Brico booth, and Brico was a helmet and glasses sponsor yes. of both Pantani and Cipollini. Yes. And I was working with the the manager of the booth. Um, she was their marketing manager, um, and we talked a little bit about racing and and how I was into it. And she told me that she she knew Cipollini, um, uh, so she got me a poster signed by Cipollini and Pantani, and the Cipollini one never went up. Man, like that was. <laughs> Finish a tour, punk. <laughs> so, and so, okay. So, talking about these pieces of, of, it's always kind of my thought, you know, when things are rough, like you said, keep going, even if it's just freaking a whatever infinitesimally small amount of progress, you just keep stacking it up, right? Yeah, it doesn't mean you don't doesn't mean you don't drop a gear or two to to, yeah. to to give yourself some 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 amount of. I don't know. Uh, you know, you can't go, you can't do a fifty-three twelve the whole time. Yes. You, yes. You need to, you need to like back or like ease off a little bit to be able to manage all the stuff that's going on. But you definitely keep, keep moving. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. Like I think we're trying to share through here too, where there's not, you know, and people are like, dude, man, how'd you do that? That's cool. Like it's like, don't come easy, man. There's been and like you kind of alluded to, right? We. Dude, I've raised kids now. I've 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 got three kids. I got a grandchild. I mean, there's it's not like just me and Eric have been just uh drinking beer and eating pizza and just racing our whole lives. I mean, life has continued on and it hasn't necessarily been super smooth for either one of us. We're just it's just life, man. But I do think, you know, things kind of prepare us from one step to the next. I I I think that's one thing we definitely share in common of just stay in there, hang in there, find yourself going through hell, right? Keep going. And then keep going. sometimes more shit happens, right? And, uh, you know, your divorce, you know, like you said, you had a significant relationship break. And, uh, and then there was that time, you know, like you said, you're winning and you're doing stuff. And then I'm now following you back into the dirt now, right? I... I'm learning and we're both in this and we're both doing the thing. And then, you know, it's, it's from my outside perspective in when I see, and that's kind of how we got in here and we're going to complete this gap. But then you get a, you, you get another big, like, Hey man, it's life knocking at the door. So Mm. what is it? You know, just, well, you put it in your terms, you know, after all the winning starts and all the other stuff and you're like, bam, I'm all in on the dirt. What happens? Yeah, so 2013, I'm racing, um, winning a couple of mountain bike races, feeling good. And then in the middle of uh, maybe it's the first part of 2014, <clears throat> I get uh, I get a sore throat, you know, kind of everyone's getting sore throats. It's fine. Yeah. Hangs out for about <clears throat> two weeks, kind of a long time for a sore throat. Uh, and then about three weeks later, it comes back. Uh, and we go back and forth like that uh, for a little while where it comes on and goes off. And each time it comes on it stays longer and each time it goes off it's it's uh it's away for a shorter time to a point where um <clears throat> it's literally a, 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 i've got it's like i've got strep throat every day uh went to the doctor's office a, a number of times um 
they couldn't answer anything. We went through antibiotics courses over and over again. It got stupid. Um, and then I end up at a, uh, ear, nose and throat specialist. Uh, I work with him for uh, probably four or five months trying different things before we decide we want to biopsy my tonsil. Um, so up until this point, which I think we're at over a year of just every day solid. I remember a sore throat. it like that. Yeah. Uh, 3,200 milligrams of Motrin a day just to not kill people. Um, they literally like crying myself to sleep at night cause it hurt so badly. Um, so, uh, we end up taking, uh, my, my right tonsil out, um, hoping that we'll find something that's, that's the cause of, of this. Uh, and the short story is we don't find anything and it actually makes it a lot worse after, after having the, uh, the tonsil taken out, um, is when some functional issues started to come in through the healing of that, of that surgery and then not make this take four hours. Um, we fast forward to, I guess, 2018 or so, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, going two years post tonsillectomy, um, increased breathing problems, narrowing of my airway and esophagus. Um, we, we, uh, I finally get diagnosed with what's called common variable immunodeficiency or, uh, CVID for, for short, which, um, means that my immune system just isn't, uh, it doesn't work. Uh, there are a couple different immunoglobulins that your body produces as part of your immune system, um, IgG, IgM, and IgA, uh, and I make no IgG, uh, which looking back in my life actually makes a lot of sense. I had chicken box when I was 15, and it put me in the ICU for a number of weeks and almost killed me. They, you know, so mm-hmm. um, I had upper respiratory uh, infections on and off uh, my, my whole life, right? Like yeah. you, you remember that. Yes, I always remember that being frequently right around the peak of the season. Yeah, so uh, it answered a lot of questions historically uh, for, for trouble that I was going through. Um, <clears throat> but it's, uh, so in addition to the CVID, there's a, a part of, so I have an immunodeficiency in that regard. And then uh, what's going on in inside of, my throat is um, kind of the opposite of that, which is an autoimmune issue where, um, for whatever reason, my throat, uh, the, um, you know, I want to call it scale, the material in there, um, I get what are called granulomous um, growths. So um, it just, there's, an amount of, of scarring and overgrowth that happens continually to a point that um, it's closing everything up, right? Like I, it's, uh, it makes it hard to makes it hard to breathe. It makes it hard to swallow. It makes it hard to talk. Um, makes it hard to ride a bike. I mean, well, you know, when you can't breathe, you can't really ride a bike. Um, but yeah, it makes it hard to do. It makes it hard to do a lot of things. So it, it's it's trying to to manage um, an immunodeficiency and trying to manage. Um, your throat trying to close itself up uh, and continuing to to live a life uh, that you've tried to build for yourself and to align to a mental image that you've built for yourself over a lifetime as a cyclist and as an athlete. Um, so trying to, to, to push through that and not let it spiral me into some negative space is 
a lot of, I think, what pushed me to wanting to bring the NFR story out um, in a way that it could, um, you know, maybe help other people and, and honestly help me, uh, you know, because community and sharing is, is helpful regardless. Yeah, man. Thank you for sharing, bro. Because I know it's just a lot of stuff from for those of you that don't know. I mean, that's that's a lot of personal talk from Eric, man, to share all of those things. And I think I've been maybe the one pushing here for more of that for for this piece to come out. Um, like I said, we've we've been sharing adventures on and off the road since 99, doing a number of just crazy cycling things. Um, I can recall one of our rides where it would have been a short, what we would just call a burp of a climb. Uh, we hadn't ridden together in quite some time, I think. He was uh, back visiting and... Yeah, I remember he just said, man, I'm, I'm not feeling good. I'm, I'm, I remember you just being really hesitant, give me a lot of excuses. And I'm like, dude, I'm just happy to see you, man. Like, I don't care. We're riding. I remember riding behind you, just let you set the pace on a little uphill single track. And I could hear your breathing almost like a whistling. And uh, yeah, man, that was that was tough. And um, yeah, I, I mean, can... it just like in in. You know, it got worse over the years. And this last December, December 2019, I actually had surgery to open it up a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and prior to that, uh, you know, you and I talked about it. Like walking up two flights of stairs would knock mm -hmm. me out for, for 20 mm -hmm. minutes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was uh, it was rough. So the, the surgery opened everything back up until or up to a point that's probably very similar to the point where you're talking about. Like it reversed it about maybe 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so like you said, things have changed, right? So let's go back to NFR in the dirt, me and you, I think that was kind of like, you know, learning and talking and yeah, we're going to do this mm -hmm. and this is the next iteration of, of our cycling stuff and, and CVID happens. And like you said, you like, are looking to help people, looking to help yourself. I can remember a number of talks just we had had. And um, so how do you how do you see that now as you see, okay, so I'm super stoked to be a part of this whole gig, but you know, when you're just having the thoughts of, okay, it's the next evolved NFR, how do you, what is NFR to you? And how do you see it, you know, being available for others or what is it that you want? So uh, to me, it's um, it's a number of different things that, that comes at it from different angles, right? Like it's having having this kind of a having this kind of a forum um, with you to talk about things to help people that uh, that are going through their own struggles, whatever they are. They don't have to be uh, they don't have to be anything like like you and I personally have 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 gone through. Everyone has kind of their own stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so to be able to uh, like maybe provide tools to help people work through things, um, to be able to share and inspire. Um, I want to open this up at some point to get other stories in besides just yours and mine and, and, mm. and be inspired and, and, and grow from those. Um, so it's just kind of forming uh, a, a culture and tribe around some of the principles that we've talked about in terms of, of NFR or no free rides and this understanding that, you know, sometimes stuff is hard. You just got to do the work. And, and if you keep doing the work, then you'll get a result. And it may not be 
the end result, but it'll probably be a step closer to what you were trying to do. And each of those steps closer, I think, at least for me, help help feed the soul. So that's that's what I want to try to be able to do for other people through through either the podcast or or uh, or different videos. Just you know, give people a space where they can feel like they're part of a community that, that kind of vibes with <clears throat> how they do things and, and their life to work through things. I like that, man. And, uh, you know, for you folks out there listening, I, I think NFR is growing, right? We are growing it right now. And, and, and that's why I think this episode is really important for you to kind of learn who Eric Hansen is and to see how this thing has changed and, and to get clear a little bit on that. And I, th- I think those are always places we've come and kind of met together. I think like you always say, you know, we got two different perspectives and, and yeah. how we're doing things. But I think that's ultimately right. We both like to help people. I always say, Hey man, I'm here to serve, man. I'm just, I see myself as a guide and helping. But so when, when, when you say NFR is growing, do you mean that like as a, like the, within the ethos of of NFR, it's about growth, right? It's about personal growth. And like, I mean, I think you mean it literally and figuratively in that way. Like we're growing like yeah. an audience and, and trying to yes, get people yes, listen yeah. at the same time. Yeah. It's about trying to get, it's about, you know, experimenting in that growth mindset and working through it and, and all of that. Yeah. So, so yeah, thanks for stopping on that part. Right. I mean, that's what we're trying to create here to, to post this beacon or be polarizing. Like I like to say, so that people can see, that, yeah, it, it's o- this open growth mindset, you know, um, not uh, for, for those times in life where it's, it, it's difficult too, right? Training in general, even when things are just going great, work, relationship, family, friends, all good. Dude, still hard, right? It's like, yeah. what, what, what's that saying? It never gets easier. You just get faster. Right. Right. And uh, it's not that it hurts, you know, people that are faster, less than you. They're just more used to doing the things, but... Yeah, it's just like a, it's, I feel like you, that it's like, uh, as I've gotten older, it's like a, you just, I feel this uh, need to share, right? A drive to help, just to kind of be that guide. And I think this, I think me and you are a good one-two combo, man, of this, all the experience together and the different perspectives and life's messy, man. And sometimes it just happens all over you when you don't expect or want things to happen right yeah and, it, and it's important to have again going back to the community and inspiration and, and culture it's important to have a framework to work from to 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 move through those things um and and to be able to grow and grow may mean different things at different times right like if mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. if we think about you know people are using the phrase um the new normal a lot now um as we move into the next new normal right and I can I can relate to that from a personal perspective because with with the CVID and and with um, the functional issues that I've, I have with my my throat and my breathing that I'm always going to have now like that doesn't go away. Um, I've got to define myself, my new growth, and 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 my new normal, which isn't which isn't podiums probably or you know I'm not going to win at True Grit Epic when you know the the intake manifold is half of what it used to be. So finding a new uh, a new path and a new way forward um, 
it's just, I think, an example of you, you have this intention and you have this idea of what you're going to be and what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes that just doesn't work out, right, for like whatever reason. Right. Um, so being able to adjust and uh, change gears and, and, and turn the handlebars to point a different direction and keep going is, is I think, a lot of what um, this is about, you know, in, in terms of like what does do the work mean, um, you know, does it mean I just keep beating my head up against the same wall? It's like, no, it's, it's about, uh, it's about growth and, and moving forward and, and, uh, in a way that serves, uh, serves you and, 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 uh, I guess, you know, feeds your soul. Right. And, and so, so with that, right. Feed your soul. It's like, huh, what's that? That's it. You know, so we're talking about doing this that n- not in an automaton, you know, meat headed way of just beating yourself and punishing yourself, right? Like a self-hate. It's more like you're saying, like giving yourself some grace. I think you've used before. I'd like to just think of like, man, some self-love, be on your own team. Um, you know, as we start to kind of wrap this thing and close this thing up, I mean, that's, you know, we're trying to make this, this available for people that are looking to, you know, maybe you don't got those skills, right? Maybe you haven't had some of these, uh, some of the life challenges, you know, that maybe be or you or some other folks that are going to become a part of this tribe, people that you just haven't even met yet or are soon to enter in. Um, but it's like, man, if this is vibing with you, you know, it's like, let us know, man. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at now. I mean, I, I think this is a good thing because they're, they're seeing like that, this, progression of how it's gone from the beginning to where we are now and and what this thing is and what it you know could could kind of be for other people yeah and i think um you know we, we talked about tribes and, and and vibing um and you and i obviously did that over the years because of, of some of this of this like-mindedness so yeah yeah you know, providing providing a space for other like-minded people um and within that space providing community, providing tools, um, providing uh, a way for other people to connect and, and, and grow their own tribe uh, with a common ethos and, and the principles of, of doing the work and there are no free rides. Like that's, that's what this is all about, I think. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. I, uh, I think that about does it, man. I mean, I, I, I'd like to leave it there unless there's some other bit you got to add, but I think you pretty much kind of encapsulated it there. No, I would be super happy to stop talking about myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> Not- if we were on the ride, you guys, I would just say, no, no, just a little farther. And you know what? It's uphill on that rutted trail. That's where we're going. And then we're done. But I'm not going to do that to Eric here. <laughs> no, no. What you would say is that it's, we're almost done. It's just a little bump. <laughs> We just have a bump ahead. And that bump would be 2,000 feet of climbing. Might just be. Might just be. So with that, there are more stories. Uh, We will come back at you. uh, You know, more stuff like that. So thank you guys for following. Eric, thanks for opening up, bro. I think it's kind of, you know, we're trying to to lead from the front and show, you know, what we're about, what this is about. So again, bro, thank you for starting this thing up. Thanks for inviting me. I'm super stoked, like I always say, to be here. And I totally mean that. We're just getting to just getting to get this thing rolling, man. So thank you. Oh, man, as always, I, I, I appreciate you being on uh, on this journey, not just with uh, not just with the other stuff, but just like through the whole decades, man. Like 
<laughs> I love you. You're a bro. I don't know where I would have gone through a lot of things without you here. So um, thanks for thanks for putting up with my weirdness for the years. And, uh, <laughs> and thanks for, for jumping in on, on to do the, the interview work. Always, always. I love you too. And thank you for everything. And with that, thank you guys for listening. And uh, let us know what you think. Until next time, keep doing the work. Right on. Right on.